It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You could subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Himalaya, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today, we are going to talk some football. We're going to talk some coaching, and we're going to talk a little off-season news because it is Packers-related. Let's start with the football because anytime in the first week of June, we have the opportunity to actually talk about football. I think we have to do it. Something that has stood out over at least the OTAs that have been public, and you know we, we can't be any more specific about it than that is because obviously... You know, no one has access to see what they're doing behind closed doors. That was something the Packers did in that uh, in that year where they they were going to throw some four three looks at teams, and then Seattle absolutely cut them up doing that. And they were like, "Okay, J.K., we're a three four team again." Um, the difference in the way that Green Bay wants to play its defensive personnel has been interesting, and in that it has been consistent when they have gone against Green Bay's nickel offense or or their three receiver set their their 11 personnel set when there's been a slot receiver basically that's what I mean when I say their nickel offense uh Green Bay has played its nickel defense with Josh Jackson Jair Alexander and Tremont Williams Tremont Williams in the slot obviously Kevin King would be a part of that group but his uh, his reps are being managed as he recovers from an injury the other thing that is that the cornerback part of it is not the interesting part to me. The interesting part is the presence of Warren Burks on the field. And, and this is something that when we discussed the, the trickle down effects of the Josh Jones holdout, we mentioned Oren Burks name a lot. I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company. I tweeted the article out yesterday so you can go find that article. I'll retweet it from the main account, the Lockdown Packers account. If you're not following at Lockdown Packers on Twitter, go do that. Oren Burks is staying on the field. So they're playing some more traditional nickel defense. And so you bring the cornerback on, you take the defensive lineman off, and you keep the linebacker on the field. Last year, when they were playing big nickel, they were, they were taking a linebacker off the field and putting a safety on 
And then they were playing three cornerbacks with that as well in, in a lot of different situations. And they were playing that third safety as a de facto linebacker. Jermaine Whitehead did it in the box a ton, Josh Jones. And when, without Josh Jones and without Jermaine Whitehead, you just have Warren Burks. And, and the, the context of this is important because last year Green Bay didn't have one safety it liked. You know, before before the draft, there were a lot of people talking about Devin White and Devin Bush and and the amount of time that those guys would spend on the field relative to the way that Mike Patton wants to play. And my my case continually was, well, no, Mike Patton wants to play nickel. He wants to play smaller. He wants to play with three safeties. And I still think that that part that is partially true. I think what we underestimated, and I guess what I'll say what I underestimated was how important the other safeties were in in Mike Patton making those decisions. And I'm just extrapolating here. I'm making some assumptions. But I do think the context is really important. When you have two safeties on the back end that you don't trust and that can't make plays consistently, then you bring the third one on the field because you need that speed. You have to sacrifice and have that speed because you think there's going to be more mistakes behind. It makes sense to say, we think Jermaine Whitehead is a better option than this other linebacker, even if he is only a marginal upgrade in coverage. And I don't I don't buy any of the stuff that's going on. Cleveland is really happy about Jermaine Whitehead with Joe Witt and whatever. I, I mean, I, will, I, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it, and I'll never pretend to understand what the obsession was with him as a player. Now you get Adrian Amos. And you add Darnell Savage. Suddenly, you're not as worried about what's going on behind those middle zones, what's going on underneath those crossing zones, the the curl flat. You feel like you've got linebackers that can make it to those plays. And if they don't, you've got erasers on the back end. And so now you can play a little bit bigger. The other thing here. Because something that Green Bay did a fair amount last year was they played with those three defensive linemen and then they played smaller behind it. This is something that Mike Patton has liked to do in the past, something he did in New York, something he did in in Buffalo and in Cleveland, is you play those three down linemen with Wilkerson and Clark and Daniels last year. Obviously, Wilkerson not on this team this year. And then you play the single linebacker on the inside and the two outside linebackers, and then you can play with your extra DBs, and you're not giving up as much in the front. And so, theoretically, that helps your run defense. Well, last year, they didn't have good run defending outside linebackers. Nick Perry's uh, ability to defend the run was was heavily hampered by his injuries. Clay Matthews you know, was not as good a run defender last year as he had been the year before. And so that has, that has to change the way that you're going to call this defense. So fast forward to this year, you've got Zadarius Smith, who is 6'4", 6'5", 270. You've got Preston Smith, who's 6'5", 6'6", 265. They can play those guys and not worry about giving up anything in the run game and not worry, not worry about giving up anything as a pass rusher. This team is infinitely more interchangeable around Oren Burks. And so it is a little less important, therefore, to have 
a safety in that spot. And and this is this is all context getting to the actual part about Oren Burks, which is he's being trusted with these reps. And one of the things that we saw last year in the preseason was when he's asked to cover, he can do it. And he's really good at it, in fact. It was something we saw in college, and the run fits were a problem. All right, fast forward now. Add in that context. You can put him on the field to, to play a more specialized role because, or at least a more specialized role early. You hope in, an, in a perfect world he's able to develop and become something much more. We just we haven't seen it. But you can bring him on the field now and have him do only the things that he's best at or at least only need him to do what he's best at. He's still going to have to read run fits. He's still going to have to make tackles in the open field. He's still going to have to do some of the stuff that, frankly, he needs work on. But you don't need him to do a little bit of everything. You don't need him to cover for the sins of the, the fellow players on this defense because... They've got outside linebackers who can defend the run. They've got safeties that can fly around and make plays. You can put Adrian Amos in the box. You can put Darnell Savage in the box. And they can play a little bit of everywhere. I think it is the case that last year, one of the reasons that that Patton went so much with this light personnel, aside from the fact that I do genuinely believe he wants to play and maximize his ability to stop the pass first, and so he deployed his personnel last year accordingly, But now, because there's so many versatile pieces and so many guys can do so many different kinds of things, it's easier to put a couple players on the field who have a more specialized skill set. Last year, if you've got a safety who can't tackle and who can't cover, you've got to put another guy who can do those things. And if you've got another safety who can only tackle... Or, you know, whatever it is that you have to find a group of guys whose whose theoretical characteristics overlap. Well, now you have more players than ever who can do more things. Darnell Savage can do it all. Adrian Amos can do it all. Zadarius and Preston Smith can do everything you're going to ask them to do up front in the run game. And so, yeah, Blake Martinez is a little bit limited in coverage. Oren Burks is not. Yeah, Oren Burks is a little bit limited as a downhill run defender, Blake Martinez is not. In fact, their, their, their strengths and weaknesses overlap perfectly in this discussion. And that makes it easier for Mike Patton to put them on the field at the same time. And, and all of this is before we get to the fact that Oren Burks is really athletic. He's really fast. He runs like a safety. He just looks like a linebacker. And so if the game can slow down for him a little bit, and if he's put in the work in the offseason and he's gotten better, you know, Matt LaFleur said yesterday he loves the communication on the defense. He loves how everyone is flying around and, and the cohesiveness that he's seeing on the defense and that they're not there yet with the offense. Well, Oren Burks is part of that. This is year two, not just in the NFL, but in this defense. And that should put him in a better position to succeed. And speaking of positions to succeed, let's talk about sex. And not just any kind of sex, but good sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed at BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for anyone 
who wants a little extra function in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and no awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free with our special promo code locked on. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Locked On Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, I want to talk about something with Matt LaFleur and his coaching because, you know, there were there were some some of you who scoffed a little bit at my soliloquy earlier in the week about Matt LaFleur and, and how much this injury would affect him. He did, uh, in fact, yesterday say that that he didn't get to coach the way that he wanted. And that's not that's not what we're going to talk about. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more specifically about a conversation that he had uh, about Jimmy Graham. Because he was asked about Graham's comments about fitting into the offense and he feels like he can fit in anywhere. And instead of saying where Jimmy Graham can fit in, and and Matt did say that he's very excited about having Graham on the field and all that stuff. He said, you know, the thing that I'm working on with him is he's a perfectionist and he can get down on himself and he can press and that can compound itself. And... that, that was something that, that stood out to me because it sounds so intuitive. And you say, yeah, he does need to be more positive. Don't get down on yourself. And this is something that we forget, I think, with athletes, especially someone like Jimmy Graham, 6'5", 260, incredible athlete. He's been an all-pro. He's a veteran guy. And you just think, well, nothing phases him. He's seen it all. He's this swaggering football player. He's got it. He's fine. You know, his his touchdown celebration was a slam dunk over the goalpost he's got all the confidence he needs this isn't a this isn't a problem with his with his mental state but it can be and it often is and it is an aspect of coaching and player development that I think we too often overlook this was something that came up over and over and over to the point that it almost became cliche to talk about last year and that was Sean McVay being special as a coach was about more than just his football IQ. Matt LaFleur talked about this in his press conference. His ability, Sean McVay's, to connect and communicate with people is part of what allowed that team to coalesce. It wasn't just the interesting scheme and the innovative play calling and the aggressiveness. It was so much more than that. You get everyone to buy in when you create a culture where everyone feels like they're a part of it. 
And, you know, I, I don't think Mike McCarthy would have had this conversation with Jimmy Graham. And, and it's not even really a knock on Mike McCarthy. He had a different style. We've all had teachers that are, you know, they are hard-nosed. They are, you know, the they're, they're J.K. Scott from the drummer movie that whose name I can't remember right now. Uh, you know, they're, they're taskmasters and they're able to extract a level of, of play or, or, um, you know, academic performance or, you know, musical ability or whatever it is. And then there's a different kind of instructor who is going to do it and, and going to do it a little bit more new age, a little bit more with love and, you know, Hey, it's okay to fail. Giannis Antetokounmpo posted this great quote on Twitter that that really reminded me of the situation. He said, you know, look, failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is part of success because in order to succeed, you have to first fail. And your ability to recover from that failure is what can ultimately define your success. And LaFleur said on a microphone in front of everyone, I, I told him, I, I don't want him to get down on himself. I want him to be confident because everyone else is looking at how you respond to that adversity. That's another thing. Seems intuitive. Not every coach is going to react that way and say, hey, look, man, everyone, everyone is looking at you. And so if you drop a pass or you run a wrong route and you're getting instruction, you, get, you, have, to, you have to take it. And you have to, you have to take it in a way that that if you could create a perfect scenario for yourself and go, okay, you, you're going to react to this in a way that everyone else is going to be watching and you need, to, you need to act accordingly, you know, create ideal conditions in your mind to do that, that's the way that you need to react to these things because you are a leader on this team. And again, it's not the way Mike McCarthy would have handled the situation like that. Not saying it's better, not saying it's worse. It's different and it is important. Because this is the kind of culture that Matt LaFleur is attempting to cultivate. It's why I think it has to matter to some degree that he's injured right now. Because guys were having to come over to his cart, <laughs> his golf cart, and get special instruction. Whereas if he's on the field and able to walk around, he might just be able to walk by and say something to someone quick. Whereas if he's in the golf cart, he has to think something is important enough to have someone come over. And so there's all these little soft skill conversations that could be going on, just these little moments, just a little thing here and there, a butt slap here, a hey, good job there, those kinds of little things he doesn't get to do right now. And, you know, again, I don't, I don't think this is going to materially affect the outcome of this season here, but he said they're still installing the offense. They're not done with the offensive install. They don't have, you know, the no huddle down. There's, this offense right now is going to look very different in a month, in two months, and, and when the season opens, and I think it's going to evolve over the course of the year. I think fans should be heartened by the kind of thing that Matt LaFleur said yesterday about Jimmy Graham. And this is what I was talking about the other day about learning your learner and say, okay, this is, this is what I know now about Jimmy Graham, and this is how he reacts to things. And he gets down on himself. So I can't tear him up or he'll go into a shell and he won't play better. Some guys like to be yelled at. Some guys like to be yelled at. Uh, me personally, 
when it when it comes to you know motivation and those kinds of things, I like a mix. There are times when I I need a kick in the ass, and there are times when I need a hand on my shoulder. And Lafleur is learning that, and he's learning his players, and that's a process. It's it's a it's what leadership is, and what leadership has to be. Aaron Rodgers has talked about this in the past, and you need to you need to understand there are some guys who respond to to a chewing out, and there are some guys who don't. And you, you have to find that balance with these guys. And and you have to be true to who you are. It seems like this is the way that, that Matt LaFleur wants to coach. But at the same time, I think he's going to have high standards. I don't think that means he's going to be, quote, unquote, soft. I don't think he's going to be a pushover, as has been said before. I think that's bogus. I think caring about the mental state of your players is important. It's not, it's not just some, like, hippy-dippy nonsense. This stuff matters, and it matters a lot because I think you look at last year and you when you look because we didn't know this about Jimmy Graham, at least I didn't, and so you look at last year and he's struggling. If he doesn't have someone, you know, trying to keep him up, trying to keep him involved, and get his head where it needs to be, obviously he's trying to do that. Then, then that is reflective of the leadership on the team, of the coaching staff, and and everyone involved because. That's what he needs, clearly. To understand that as a new coach, I think, is is essential. And it's essential in in understanding what you you have to give to all your players because it's all part of it's all part of the deal. You have to you have to figure out, okay, this guy responds this way, this guy responds this way. And so you can't paint with a broad brush. It just doesn't work. It's why big classrooms don't work in schools because instruction is so personal. You have to understand the learning style of each person on your team. And this isn't just, you know, third grade music class. We're talking about guys getting paid millions of dollars to play a sport. Not that not that third grade music class is any less essential to the development of a child, but the stakes are different in terms of, you know, the pressure that's on. You can get a you can get a B minus in a in a third grade music class. They do they even give grades in third grade? Probably not. If you fail in the NFL, it could it could ruin your livelihood. So the stakes are different. Doesn't make it less important, just the stakes are different. And and for Matt LaFleur to have the confidence and the self-belief that what he's doing is right enough to announce this and the faith that that Jimmy Graham is not going to feel like his confidence has been betrayed. I think that speaks to a coach who is coming into his own as a leader on this football team. Before we finish up, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friends' trips. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread i don't know about you guys but when i eat pizza i eat it for the toppings not the crust and when i eat a sandwich it's for what's inside the bread not for the bread but when i throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds thin sliced bread from dave's killer bread it is the epitome of addition by subtraction that thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste killer texture killer nutrition a subtle sweetness and a seed coated crust dave's killer bread is america's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking 
good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power-packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. Hey everybody, this is Jason Buckland, and let me welcome you back to our podcast, In Conversation with Shopify Plus. Now, season one was all about the biggest names in business. Steve Madden, Danny Reese, Chip Wilson. But wait till you hear who we're talking to now for season two. Philip Prim, CEO, Casper. Webb Smith, founder, 2PM. Kyle Kadakia, founder, ClassPass. Heather Hassan, Trina Spear, co-founder, co-CEO, Figs. Chris Saka, co-founder, Lower Carbon Capital. R-E-L-K, CEO, Parachute. This is In Conversation with Shopify Plus. I want to finish up with a with a quick discussion about Jordy Nelson because he uh, reportedly he said in an interview that his plan is at the end of the summer in August to, to go sign a one day contract in Green Bay and retire as a Packer. And I don't I don't want to troll anybody because I know there are still a lot of fans. There's media members who think that the Packers handled the Jordy Nelson thing poorly that he should have been on the team last year and and you know et cetera et cetera. I suggested on Twitter, sort of like 30% joking, that they should let him come out and run one more fade. Stop. I had some people suggest that they should do it at family night, which would be really cool because, you know, it's Lambeau is going to be packed. Uh, the Chiefs, they allowed Jamal Charles to retire on a one-day contract, and they actually suited him up and actually let him take one more handoff, which is pretty cool. And so you have you have Nelson out there. You have Rodgers throw him a pass. You know, they, they both go and, and spin the balls in the end zone. I think that would be a really cool moment for the Packers. And and ultimately, you know, I think I think Jordy Nelson should be happy with his career. I think Packer fans should be happy with the career that he had. I understand the frustrations. I understand that that him saying this and the fact that this is going to happen. And, and if they did ultimately do what I'm suggesting, that it would open up some wounds for some fans. Because they felt like this was handled the wrong way. I, I, I think I am on the the aberrational side of this discussion because I just I, I think there is value in someone who is not part of your long term plan being out of the picture and getting a chance for your young guys to develop. Maybe Marquez Valdez Scantling, who is getting a lot of run and making plays in OTAs, he's not the player that he is right now. If Jordy Nelson is on the team last year and if Jordy Nelson is on the team last year, they don't make the playoffs. So I just, I don't understand the fascination with that. This is a cool thing. And I love the one day contract thing. I'm growing up. I used to think it was kind of dumb. I was like, well, who cares? But I've really come to see the value in it, not just for the player, but for the organization, for the fan base. And I would love it if teams more and more found ways to get guys you know, an opportunity to come back and and have some sort of, you know, Jamal Charles, that was just a, a viral moment. They just put it on social media. I, I would love it if if Green Bay could find a way to get, you know, like practice at, at family night. That's the perfect opportunity because, you know, he gets to put on the uniform one last time. He gets to run out of the tunnel one last time. He's on a one-day contract. It's just a one-day contract. Sign him for that one day. Let them come out and do some drills. Let them come out and, and run some routes for crying out loud. And you understand it's just a one-day contract. And that's it. And it's fun. And you get, to, you get to have that experience. And he gets to have that experience one more time. I just think that would be a really cool moment 
I understand there's like logistical reasons that people are going to cite like, oh, you know, what are the other receivers? I don't care. They don't care either. He is one of the most respected players in recent team history. I don't think any of those young guys are going to look at him getting some some one-on-one reps or, you know, some team reps and say this is bad. Now, by the way, he doesn't know the offense, so that would be tough. But, you know, you could do one-on-ones. You could have Rodgers throw him some, some fades in the end zone, some posts, you know, whatever in one-on-ones. Or in team, everyone knows what's going on, and you run that fade stop. Like it would be fun. It would be fun. There, there are ways to do it to make it work. I don't, I don't think they're going to do it, but it would be fun, and I think it would be a fitting send off for someone like Jordy Nelson, who is a, a modern legend on this team, who's going to be a Packers Hall of Famer. I don't think he's going to be an NFL Hall of Famer. That's not the point. Uh, he is going to be an all-time Packer and is an all-time fan favorite for sure. We're going to be back tomorrow, our last episode of the week, our Thursday show, uh, and we'll be back next week. We'll, we'll get our uh, next rookie orientation. I'm hoping it's it's Dexter Williams, but we have the Ty Summers one in the can, so keep an eye out for all of that. Best way to make sure you're never missing an episode of Lockdown Packers is to subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Today's show is also brought to you by Grip6, an ultra-lightweight belt with no holes, no flap, and it's a great Father's Day gift. Go to Grip6 for a special offer at Grip6.com. Six, the number six, Grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E. You can also follow me on Twitter. No belts on Twitter, but uh, I am on Twitter, and um, maybe I have the championship belt. Let's say that. Packers Twitter championship belt? No, I probably don't have that, but would love to have it. At Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.